0: Previously, got TV Podcast Network. Last time on MasterChef Junior.
1: One,
2: two, three, four,
1: five, six, seven, eight fucking idiots. Fuck off. <laughs> oh my God.
0: <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 194 for the week of March 5th, 2018. I am Upper Decker David T. Cole, and I'm here with challenging protein Sarah D. Bunting. Your mom's a gooey duck. Aggressive spicer, Tara Ariano.
3: Just like 10 handfuls. And
0: the step stool that they give to the eight-year-olds, Lindsay Weber. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Welcome to Extra Hot Great Sick Edition. Uh, Hawaii is sick, but we are still soldiering on very bravely, and welcoming a new guest, Lindsay Weber. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. Sorry for my very anticlimactic intro. You guys
4: have so much happening. I was like very <laughs> overwhelmed.
0: <laughs> it was but great. It was very kid like, so I thought. I think it, it fit into our theme perfectly, and also,
4: <laughs> I am the eight-year-old that they give the step stool to. <laughs> Literally, that is my role. <laughs>
3: Um, we're here, we're here to talk about MasterChef Junior. Lindsay, you chose this from a variety of uh, premieres that were happening around this time. Why don't we start by saying what was it about the show that made you want to come on and talk about it?
4: I mean, this is my favorite show, probably one of my favorite shows ever, Mm -hmm. but that's on air right now, I would say still. Um, especially reality shows. I love it so dearly and I find it gives me such great joy on every level and it's never bad. So it's like one of those shows that's just really reliable and never bad. So I was just excited it was coming back. I really got <laughs> emotional about it.
3: It was a big premiere too. It was two hours um, and they they divided the kids up by sex. So we had the first hour was all girls. The second hour was all boys. I personally – well, I'll just go out um, on the record and say I didn't care about the boys. Sorry. I was rooting for only the girls, all yeah, the time. Yeah, why do they split them up like that in the beginning? It's such a strange
4: – I get it thematically but it's so strange in terms of like actually a competition you
3: know yeah it also seemed to me like they started with way too many kids that was my problem with this premiere it had so many cuts did anyone else feel that that was like too hard on the children
4: (laughs) well also you it's hard to remember who's who in these shows because they're all kids and they all kind of bleed together at first and so you really want to have people you root for but then half the kids you never see
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Also you have to remember that they're not only kids, they're next generations super reality show soldiers and they're this yes. is their this is their training ground. So, <laughs> you know, disappointed they know kids it. today, amazing season 87 survivor contestants mm-hmm. tomorrow. It was really interesting to see the girls half versus the boys half cuz the boys just really made me cringe and seeing just all the boyiness of it just really kind <laughs> of <laughs> Just like
3: explain what you mean by that. (laughs) You're so right. You're so right. It
0: is a mirror to my, my younger self, the kids that just really needed attention. There's something about this show. The part that bothers me about MasterChef Junior is when you can tell in the editing bay, they're still editing this as sort of like the adult version. And there's moments where you can tell that the kids have been coached or are just aping what their parents have been feeding them and is sort of at once self-reaffirming. And cringeworthy mm-hmm. the way the kids But sort also, of-
4: you need that because imagine if it wasn't like that, how bad you would feel the whole time. All these like raw emotions. Like, you need parents being like, good job and say you were happy to be there, <laughs> say it was all <laughs> worth it to meet the chefs. You know? Well,
1: but, and also, they're talking about like, it's been my lifelong dream to be on MasterChef. <laughs> and <then> you're <laughs> like, you
3: are nine. Well, it's season six. That could be their lifelong dream.
4: I know. Literally.
1: It's true. I love yeah. when they t-
4: ask them what types of restaurants they want to open. That's my favorite. And the concepts are wild. Like the hibachi for, um, <laughs> what was it? Hibachi for, for baking. It was dessert, wasn't said. it?
0: Yeah. Cupcakes or something. Yeah. yeah. And
4: then one was like big Billy's barbecue bakery. <laughs> I was like, I love this. I love these kids. Yeah.
1: And that They're- Hawaiian girl who wanted a hula stage in a restaurant oh, and then got yeah. eliminated. It was like, oh, mahalo. Hello. <laughs> Oh my God, it was so sad. Um, okay, so uh, Lindsay did did you know that uh, a certain former judge would be rejoining the proceedings before the premiere? And I didn't know. How did you feel about the return of us?
4: So he, so he was replacing. Joe was replacing. Uh, what's his face? Who's now back on Top Chef? The guy with the glasses who lost a lot of weight recently. Yeah, Graham Elliot. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I was happy. I kind of forgot how great Joe is. He somehow is he's mean, but he's mean in like this quote unquote mean way, but he's really good at being mean to children in that he's not actually mean. He's just <laughs> he do you know what I mean? like the show mm-hmm. is all about being really good at saying, Uh, that this is food is not that good to kids like it's really hard and they're all so good at it somehow and i used to
1: suck at it too so i was relieved like Tozy, i'm never gonna be with that i just don't like her she's just as awkward and annoying as she ever was but (laughs) basti has really improved in his yeah. ability to talk to kids which it's like you have children you have a bunch so it's, I just it's love, high love he's always talking about out.
4: money he's got a great angle on it he's the <laughs> business guy so he's yeah and then he's, he's always joking
1: yeah, that he's going to take like, them to the track he's like yeah. the funkle
0: yes I was about to say that he is like the, yeah he is the uncle and he doesn't really give a shit if he warps his his brother's kids a little bit so he'll just tell her <laughs> like it is or just say something blue or whatever yeah
1: that he's like it's, we don't need a car seat fuck yeah. that like yeah, alright that's fine <laughs> But I mean, he's I've just, always just, thought the. Sorry, yeah. go ahead.
4: No, I just I think he's so good in that like this one example where the they, the kid brought up that um, uh was it not creme brulee but whatever it was that was like supposed to be it was like milky it was like it had fallen it wasn't stiff enough and he was like it was a flan. Yeah, as a as a flan, this is bad. But as a as a soup, it's delicious. And I was like, <laughs> that is the way to that's the way to do it. You have to kind of like figure that that out. And I just am very impressed with them because I would be terrible at that. I think.
1: Uh, yeah. Same. Also, kids are not known for having a sense of humor about themselves, <laughs> especially in a situation like this. You have to find a way to split the difference and like let them laugh at the yeah. situation, which is really, I think pretty hard to do like the older kids i think it's mm. easier but a nine-year-old yeah being like it's a soup it's great like occasionally they're gonna be like blink <laughs> and it's like oh my god that's my favorite part of the show though i think is this like secret part of gordon's brand is that he's <laughs> excellent with kids and yeah. not fake or condescending at all and was a natural from the jump i always thought it was hilarious especially after the uh excellent clip that dave provided at the top of the show (laughs) it's like you oh of course that makes perfect sense
3: (laughs) did we think it was slightly unfair that the girls all got to cook filet mignon and the boys had to cook the notoriously difficult protein chicken i hate cooking chicken so much i didn't
4: even think of that that's so i didn't even think of that but you're so right that sucks
3: because it's because <laughs> several of them, like they cut them open and they were like, well, we can't eat this. Like yeah. it was still raw on the inside. So a bunch of them didn't even get tasted because they were not cooked.
1: Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like, and I don't remember where I read this, but apparently, and the folks on our forums are pretty knowledgeable about what's going on, like just off camera or right before filming. Like, I think they're all put through a number of like test cooks mm-hmm. of whatever they're going to be doing so that nobody's going in their like completely cold
4: mm.
1: as it I've read that
4: too. There was, there, there was a good piece by Emily Fleischer and Buzzfeed a few years ago that she went and she saw how they did it. And, but I, but I liked how, it, because the, they showed Gordon doing the how to in the beginning, how to do it perfectly. It was kind of what they do in real life, which is show them how to do it perfectly and then say, okay, do it yourself now. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it felt, yeah, it felt accurate to the the form they were showing them how to do it and then said, try, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean, I had no problem with that. I was annoyed that they were split up into girls and boys at all, because that's something that Donald Trump would do on Celebrity Apprentice with yeah. grownups. And yeah. I like, <laughs> I know these are kids and it's more like that's more of a kidsy thing, but I still found it annoying, especially in 2018. Like, you know, the whole post-gender world that we live in starts at grade school. Now get the knack, Fox. Ooh.
4: Why not split them up by age, too? I mean, yeah, you got a nice, diverse group of kids of different ages, because like I'm obsessed with the eight year olds. They're so much littler than everyone else, even though they're only one year younger than the nine year olds. They just feel like they're babies. And I always want more of them. And they always get kicked off so early.
0: There's that one older boy who was who was one of the first persons sent (laughs) upstairs and, like, he is, like, just running color commentary throughout the whole rest of the thing.
1: Like, oh, I love <laughs> this guy. This guy's money or whatever he's saying. Like, like, I love yeah. money. I was like, oh, my God. Where did you get that expression? <laughs> oh, I know where you got it. 2002. <laughs>
0: that, that kid is really 26 years old. He's just like, he's like, it's a ringer. <laughs>
3: But you're right. There was a point where all the boys who were like uh, up for elimination were standing next to each other at the front of the stage. And like the littlest boy came up <laughs> to like the elbow of the kid next to him. <laughs> like they didn't even look like they were the same species. That little kid, he's like a little bug. He was adorable.
1: Uh, yeah. And there was a, the, it wasn't in this season or the last season, but I think the season before, there was a quote unquote 13 year old that I was like, <laughs> nah like that kid shaved twice today twice. <laughs> no way
4: i mean the older kids obviously tend to do better so we should go into it knowing that we should give the little kids like a little bit of help in terms of just getting them on the show because they're honestly so entertaining and like this is a tv show so i want that kid that that little kid i forget his name was tyler or something the one that was like could not give a crap about the show and his cooking
1: the one that made chicken fingers
4: or whatever yeah. oh yes. yeah yeah I love him. I
1: love him. I also like that they tend to uh, boot kids off in pairs so that they're not the only one who gets kicked off, which mm. I think is good. Yeah. I'm sure they do He's that by that. design.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. That is actually probably the only real tangible thing that a, a psychologist has added to a TV show. I bet. It's like, you know, you really should send them off in twos so they don't feel like they're uh, alone in the universe. And yeah, stick yeah. that in your crowd guy from Unreal. Do
1: <laughs> you Do we know if they're all like, if they have like a little boot camp beforehand? Because the way they talk about like the lifelong friends that they've made, I'm like, oh, uh, totally. It's been 18 minutes. Like, again, I know they're kids. I went to camp. I get it, but it's just funny to me.
2: I'll never bet
4: forget the, the people I met
1: here. Like, sure you will. One episode of SpongeBob, you're going to forget all about Tyler.
4: <laughs> Let's see what we are saying. <laughs> no, I bet they, I bet they spend a lot of time together, right? The taping must take forever, just in general. Like, mm-hmm. as long as they can keep them, they probably keep them there. And they probably make friends, I think. I would guess. It's weird for them to say that, otherwise you're right.
1: Yeah, or I guess they have to, um, like, I guess they have to, like, be at school, like, on set. I don't know how it works for the junior version, but. I'm assuming when they're not filming, the tutors are there or whatever's happening. So
3: I always assume they just shoot in the summer, and then they are all probably put up in a hotel together. So with one parent or whatever, so that they hang oh, out yeah, together. True. That's a in off hours good too.
0: Point. You know, an interesting thing about uh, this show versus other cooking shows, such as Top Chef, is I'm always annoyed whenever I need to watch a cooking show, which I generally don't because it's I'm just one of those people. It's like, well, I can't taste it. I can't really judge it. I'm having, you know, you have to take so much on faith, but in this show, it's like not really about the end result of the cooking that you're coming into the show for. It's like, really like, how are the kids coping with this adult situation (laughs) with these adults, kind of a neat little trick that they can play because of the, you know, the contestants being kids. And, and, and it just like kind of throws that out because you're, you're coming into it for different reasons.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I also think people like this show because it brings back their memories of the one iconic season of Kid Nation in oh terms of the potential <laughs> yeah. peril involved. These are real little kids using like knives and fire. One kid started a fire. In the I mirror. know. I love how like, Gordon's
1: like, is anyone gonna, camera two is just like, yep, that's a fire. All right. Gordon's <laughs> like, I guess I'll do this then.
3: The kid was
4: like so scared. It was so cute. They were like, good job. You did the right thing. And he like was across the
0: room
1: like, with his hands over his face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, yeah. I, I assume that this is the same set as MasterChef, and they're just bringing yeah. in stools
1: uh, it looks the same <laughs> yeah, yeah okay I think so, so they but... might they might move the um... Uh, cooktops down a little, but not much. Do they?
0: <laughs> yeah. It didn't look like they made too many accommodations except for a couple steps. They
4: look, They make them look so uncomfortable when they're cooking. Even the kids who are taller, it's like everyone's elbows are just like up and, they're, and you can barely, sometimes you can like barely see their faces. It looks so uncomfortable.
0: It, not only uncomfortable, but I kept on thinking like whenever they were like um, sautéing stuff, it's like, oh, they must get so much splatter on their arms because they're so <laughs> close to the pan because they just have to mm-hmm. be close to the pan because they're reaching over it all. Almost like these kids are literally going to be scarred for life after this. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> and that's why Dave loves the show.
0: <laughs> I did. I, I did enjoy it. You know, I, I would definitely watch this over top chef so much less artifice than top chef that you, know, you can actually watch it and have fun, mm-hmm. which is top chef is I just want to murder everybody on the show. Every time I watch. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I go out of my way f- to watch this again, but it, it is a delight watching Gordon interact with children. Like, that is for sure the biggest draw for me.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I never would have thought that before the show that I was like, of all people, like, who is, who is not going to give the kids a breakdown? Graham Elliott. <laughs>
0: is it because he's good with kids or he puts on a show with adults? Same difference, though. What is the exception to his behavior? Is it being nice to kids or is it being a dick to adults when he's in front of the camera? Like, I'm sure
4: I guess you have to know him IRL,
0: right? (laughs) Obviously, it would take a special kind of monster to swear and yell at a kid. Like he does on, I mean,
4: hell's kitchen, yeah, of whatever. course, well, don't you think yeah. when this show started, he had that reputation even more. So now it's kind of faded. Like he, like hell's wasn't it hell's kitchen. What was his, show? he yeah. still has it. Right. Mm-hmm. Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. Like, yeah, I honestly don't even think of him as like the yeller, but I remember when this show first started, he was known. It was like such a shocking thing. Like here he comes to work with kids. How will it be? Yeah. And maybe that was the gimmick at first
0: and now it's kind of less. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to keep that going you know, in the face yeah. of all these kids especially when you have to send them. like imagine even if he had the resolve that i'm still going to be sort of you know the junior monster chef um <laughs> uh-huh. that the first time you have to send a kid <laughs> off that is out of your system that you know it kind of just breaks your heart a little bit and you have to just soften up or you will die as the host mm-hmm. of the show
4: yeah. I also love this show as i um, not a very good chef or cook, not a very good person in the kitchen. I like feel like it actually teaches you things mm-hmm. and it kind of like, like these kids are really good and I'm like not good. So I guess we kind of like meet in the middle where I could also like ostensibly cook a chicken breast maybe yeah. in, and the way that they showed you how to do it was actually like really good and and seemed simple and seemed like anyone could do it and I think a lot of the stuff they do in the show they kind of tell you why the food is wrong which is interesting
3: Lindsay yeah, I believe true. in you good effort good effort you can make
4: a chicken breast <laughs> thank you so much I love children TV I, I can't lie I mean I think it's, it's hard because it's a lot of cruelty but it's so good <laughs> kids on TV are great <laughs> You're so right about Kid Nation also. That is my favorite show, I think. It's everyone's favorite show. People still talk about it. And it was like 10 years ago. It was one. We had one glorious season and then it was too dangerous to go on. I mean, we'll never forget it. It was literally too dangerous.
1: (laughs) They should do a reunion. I know I keep saying that every time it comes up. but no. What they should do is a a scripted show
0: as if the kids of Kid Nation were not allowed to leave Kid Nation. (laughs) And this is them now in their teens, you know, trying to survive all Blue Lagoon
3: Mm -hmm. style.
4: Every like four years, I Google all of them and try and find them, and they they occasionally
3: pop up places and you know and on Reddit boards and stuff. It's too too good for this world. All right, Lindsay. Wait, we, there were a thousand kids, so it's probably hard to say. Did you have any early favorites that you are hoping will uh, will win this season?
4: Okay, so I did. I really loved Benny the girl. Same. She yes, me too. So cute. Um, she was so cute. She seemed very precocious, but not too precocious, and she seemed smart uh and i also liked uh zia they didn't really show her that much but she had pink hair um uh, mm-hmm. and i loved maria the one she came in like she was chosen last she was the the proto Greekan. member she called herself she made oh, that's right i like that yes. too she made lamb chops and um mafungo which i thought looked really good mm-hmm. um and then for the boys mm, you're right i don't like the boys um <laughs> <laughs> i guess i liked no, well Tyler the toddler didn't make it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay, I liked the kid who made cupcakes. Kwani, Kwani. Oh yeah, he was good. He was cute. Um mm-hmm. and I liked that he made cupcakes and they were like, "Oh, how dare you?" and he like showed them.
2: That he were good.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's Master Chef Junior.
0: It is time to go around the dial. Everybody's bringing something they're watching on TV to the table. We'll start with Tara. Tara. Uh,
3: Atlanta is back for its long-awaited second season. Oh, my God. The premiere was so good. It uh, (laughs) had so many excellent features, starting with – Darius, the Lakey Stanfield character uh, advancing, he he, he was sort of – in season one had a a thread, a plot thread that he was very into conspiracy theories. And in this episode, he uh, presented the legend of Florida Man. And the idea (laughs) is that there's one Florida man, Mm -hmm. like the Chupacabra, who does all (laughs) of the crimes in Florida. And they had like a montage. It was like the Ocean's Eleven montage of like past heists of casinos. But it was Florida Man doing the various things Florida Man does. So good. Um, and also Cat Williams appears as Ern's uncle, who um he's living in Paperboy's uh, uh, he's renting a house from Paperboy, and Ern has to go over and make sure everything's okay because his girlfriend has called and said she's been kidnapped because he's locked her in a room because she stole $50 from him. It's like a very <laughs> kind of dirt banky problem. But um, as they're in there, someone warns uh, be careful. He's got a, he's got an alligator in there and no one believes him. And then the cops show up and sure enough, (laughs) uncle Willie sends the alligator out ahead of him. And everyone in the neighborhood knows he's got an alligator. It's impossible for me to tell you how brilliant the show is like just describing it, but.
0: Well, I had not watched any episodes of it. And I kind of walked in as Tara was watching about maybe one third in and I was just like hovering around, not leaving. And yeah, I was like, all right, I want to watch this show.
3: It hooks you so well and it, it was looks really good. it looks beautiful. It's yeah. like beautifully shot. The music is always really well chosen. The performances are great.
0: The music cue when the alligator emerges Ugh. and everybody in the neighborhood is just sort of watching it saunter out and have a little lie down <laughs> in the bushes as as the uncle <laughs> beats it out of the back. It was some it was really yeah. great. Yeah. It was it's, really good. TV. It's such
3: a good show. It's um You know, it's, it has such a great sense of place. I just loved it. I love it so much. I'm so happy it's back. So, uh, Atlanta Thursdays at 10 on FX. Um, if you haven't watched the first season, it's on Hulu and you should, it's great. Um, and for my plugs, uh, the walking dead is back. And so are our epic old school recaps of same Omar is doing, uh, the first two episodes of this, um, semi season. And then Jeff will be back for, uh, the episode airing this Sunday, jeff alexander and i also want to plug um i was on another podcast (laughs) this is slightly complicated uh there's a podcast called this week in atrocity uh which is hosted by jeb lund aka mobute from twitter um and they also have uh for their patreon subscribers um a spinoff called (laughs) dave and jeb aren't mean where dave roth from deadspin and jeb um do a deep dive on a Hallmark Christmas movie. And so I obviously picked one that starred James Vanderbeek. It's called <laughs> Mrs. Miracle. Um, so if you go to look up this week in atrocity on Patreon, throw in them a dollar, you can listen to this podcast. And I hope that you do, because <laughs> I actually had to watch this stupid thing twice. It was so boring. Um, but the discussion about it was really fun. And uh, yeah, this week in atrocity is a great podcast. And so is the spinoff. So you should listen to both.
0: Lindsay, your turn.
4: I'm pretty sure I've seen that Hallmark movie. (laughs) Like, you probably have.
3: have It's from 2008, and Doris Roberts is also in it.
4: Oh, I saw. Yeah, I did. It was good. (laughs) I liked it a lot. Um, (laughs) so uh, my pick, my my pick for TV, uh, is the always good, never bad Vanderpump Rules. It is back. There are maybe 35,000 episodes this season, and honestly, I could watch it all year round. If it was year round, I'd watch it. Um, It is such a good show, and it just keeps getting better this season. um, There's a really great plot line where um, this woman named Sheena, Sheena, who's like probably one of the most irritating people alive, but she um, recently got a divorce from her drug addict ex-husband and now has a new boyfriend who is this amazing who named Rob Valletta. It's Amber Valletta's brother. And when the show premiered, they came out with this Instagram together where he was like, we broke up, but we like support each other or whatever. And you're like, oh my God. And the entire season is about how much how in love he is with her. She keeps saying and how um, he's the best boyfriend she's ever had and how they already picked out the name of their kids. And you're watching this knowing they're already broken up. And it's just there's so <laughs> much it's so many levels of cringe. And I just love this show so much
0: <laughs> so good
4: <laughs> love it you know um and my plug i guess um relevant to you guys i am recapping the new unreal season on vulture which is fun because i recapped the first season which was great and then skipped the second which was terrible so yep. it's been fun to come back and fully immerse myself into it with hopes that it'll be better they replace the showrunner and it's already kind of a little bit better and i think that they're they're way more equipped to talk about stuff with gender than they were for the stuff they talked about last season. Um, and then my other plug is uh, I have a podcast called Who Weekly that Ooh. is my other podcast. <laughs> so if you don't listen to it, it's free. So go check it out. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Sarah D. Bunting. Uh, drunk history has been brilliant all season, as it always is. Uh, I always love uh, drunk history, but uh, the most recent episode. Was goddamned brilliant. It <laughs> is called Drunk Mystery and it is based on unsolved mysteries. The first segment, Agatha Christie disappears to like Blair Witch, her new book. Amazing casting in this one. Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Clements are in it together. Yeah. Um, the storyteller not knowing who Dorothy Sayers is is kind of a shame. For her, kids, check your parents' bookshelves. Uh, Dorothy Sayers is uh, the shit. Uh, the last segment is My Favorite Murder's Georgia Hardstark talking about the Circleville letters. And at one point, Derek Waters, as Robert Stack, emerges from an Unsolved Mysteries fan, reads in the same purple light as the credits. And I laughed I laugh for 10 minutes and apparently I'm not going to stop laughing at that. But of course, the real story is the middle segment the D.B. Cooper segment. Yeah, they did. <laughs>
2: yes. back to the old school because I'm a old fool. Who's so If you want to get down, I'm going to show you the way. Coop. There it is. Let me hear you say. Coop, there he is. Coop, there
0: he is.
1: Coop, there he is. It's been a while. It has been. Oh, never go away. Uh, Coop, there he is. Um, it's and also in an amazing bit of deep cut casting, at least for this uh, nerd who has seen The Fugitive about 200,000 times. Uh, Richard really plays the lead agent on the case, Ralph Himmelsbach. He uh, you probably don't recognize the name, but he's a total. Hey, it's that cop. He's probably best known as the care to change your bullshit story, sir. Storyteller prison guard from the beginning of The Fugitive. Oh, Yeah yeah wow. you, you know the guy um, deep cut. yeah very very deep um and possibly unintentional but i still enjoyed it uh drunk history has been firing uh, firing on all cylinders this year i always worry that it's going to run out of steam at some point and have to like do some little like bullshitty stories that aren't going to be good and it's just going to run out of gas but it hasn't so far uh tara have you been watching this season?
3: Yeah, they've really uh, had a lot of great new storytellers this season. I think that helps.
1: I thought of you watching the season premiere with Tiffany Haddish and her coloring oh, she was books. Great. That was a hundred for you. Um yeah, That one also it. had Busy Phillips as a World War II uh, spy, basically. So yeah, definitely check out Drunk History if you're not into it already. Uh I let them stack up on the DVR and then use them as treats for like chunks <laughs> of unpleasant tasks like filing that I get through. So yeah, that's... That's where I'm at with that. Uh, Thank you so much, Drunk History. You're the best. Uh, My plug is uh, for The Blotter Presents, our true crime podcast. This week's guest is Toby Ball. We are talking about uh, Unsolved, the USA series about Tupac and Biggie. It's pretty good. We liked it. Uh, Next week, we're doing sort of a book club type of thing. My guest is Mike Dunn, and we are discussing The Golden State Killer, which Investigation Discovery did a limited series on this week. But we'll also be discussing Michelle McNamara's book, which finally came out. Uh, She was the one who uh, that's um, Pat Noswalt's first late wife, uh, Mm. who not his first one who died. You know what I mean? Who um, Uh. did not was not able to finish her book about the killer before passing away unexpectedly. Uh, The book was finished and came out. It's good so far. And we're hoping that a bunch of you guys will read along with us and then let us know what you think. Lindsay, are you familiar with Nightman? From
4: It's Always Sunny?
0: No, oh, no. <laughs> this you is, wish. This is... Excellent guess. Let, let's let Nightman give you the uh, gist of Nightman through this previously on. Oh no! Go ahead. Johnny Domino was one of San Francisco's hottest young jazz musicians. Every night, he turned up the heat at the House of Soul. But fate and a cosmic event were about to change his life forever. So, Lindsay, Nightman is a comic book that was turned into a TV series in the 90s about a San Francisco saxophonist who was hit by cosmic (laughs) lightning, paired up with military weapon grade technology and suits and gadgets to become Nightman, who kind of looks like... Batman, if he had a lozenge for an eye,
4: you know, I got that
3: from the preview. Actually.
2: Yeah,
3: it's a pretty good preview. I was like, oh, so he's a jazz man who becomes a superhero. That yeah. sounds great. I know you're wondering why hasn't he been integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think we're all wondering that, frankly.
0: At the end of the first half of the pilot, the cliffhanger is Nightman, who is not quite yet Nightman. He's still known as Johnny Domino, and they're trying to escape, and they run out of anti-gravity juice or whatever is on his suit, and they fall. All into the san francisco bay and this is like a big cliffhanger and then the second half of the pilot opens they do not acknowledge that at all he is hmm. on dry land and he's talking to that guy from the avengers again when uh,
3: you say that guy from the avengers you mean the avengers tv show not the avengers from oh my goodness
0: time. no nobody from the avengers can- no 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 no, yeah. no no the old guy from the uh <laughs> from the avengers who yeah. now explains to johnny domino where johnny domino is re his superpowers quite possible that your perceptual skills have leapt ahead hundreds of generations into the future.
1: Meaning what? That your brain has developed the capacity to perceive
0: and process thought patterns, much as a radio receives frequencies of sound. Uh-huh. Except what I'm hearing is all bad. Yes, Johnny, exactly.
3: You're in tune to the frequency of evil. <laughs>
1: Evil plays a Casio. Good to know. (laughs) So the Chinese
0: delegation from the Coalition of Evil Investors pitches this very overly complicated plan to kill Johnny Domino. Let's hear that plan.
1: A tarantula is not real, but the venom is. When Mr. Domino returns to his normal place of dwelling, a small motion detector will trigger our little friend to welcome mr domino home <laughs> we don't want
0: mr domino dead yes that was the voice of mr healy at the end there from orange is new black <laughs> um so the new plan is to kidnap carla day and carla day is played by taylor dane as you remember from the first half oh sure of course so they grab her and now johnny has to play hooky from his house of soul gig so he pulls out the suit's hologram projector that now projects a hologram of him playing smooth saxophone jazz on the stage, so he can escape and save her. And when he suits up, you know, in anime, how they they have that like you know when the robots form the big robot or Sailor Moon goes from schoolgirl to Sailor Moon, they have that mm-hmm. big sequence that they reuse time after time where they do the transformation, and they call out all the things that are changing. This show has one of those, and they do it twice in this episode <laughs> and they use the same foot wow yeah um so skipping ahead a little bit everyone is trying to get this weapons cache nightman finds the sexy villain lady who out of nowhere and without context six david hasselhoff on nightman who kills him in 10 seconds by throwing him off a cliff <laughs> on the other hand
2: uh, i really do like it
0: It's a hassle, isn't it? Boo! (laughs) All right, so sexy lady escapes, but nightman catches up with the Chinese group, dispatching two bodyguards with one of the new weapons, and then he delivers this line: "For three, you get soup. Gotta go for it." No, oh, no, no. <sighs> so the day is saved, but not from racism. Uh, back at Domino <laughs> HQ, Johnny is pouring champagne for him and Carla Day, who he thinks is waiting for him in the next room. But surprise, surprise, is actually sexy villain lady who's out for revenge after Nightman screwed up all her plans. But as he's walking in, he gets a sense of evil, and just then, the robot spider who we all forgot about jumps out of the box and kills sexy villain lady. Then Carla day played by Taylor Dane walks in. And this is how the episode ends.
4: My last night in town. I'm not going to let a thing get in between us. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had company.
0: She's not company. She's dead. Yay. <laughs> Good night, <Wow>.
2: man.
1: <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, I can't wait to use that line with zero context in the future.
0: That music means it is time for the canon. This week we have a user submission
2: from Lauren. Lauren, take it away. Hi, Tara, Dave, Sarah, and special guest. Today I'm submitting an episode to the extra hot great canon of one of my favorite TV shows, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I don't think I need to tell you that Crazy Ex Girlfriend is great. But it's a difficult show to pick out one standout episode. Any would need to be judged on not only its plot, but on the songs as well. After some deliberation, I decided to start at the very beginning with Season 1, Episode 1, Josh Just Happens to Live Here. This episode is a cockshort thesis on the show's point of view and characters. It shows its ability and desire to tackle dark issues like depression with humor, nonjudgmentalness, and care, and non-vanity on Rachel Bloom's part. And it is really funny with some great songs. The episode opens in 2005 at a summer camp musical performance. We are introduced to a teenage Rebecca Bunch, who is a very enthusiastic background singer. We pivot to her walking with her less enthusiastic bro boyfriend, Josh Chan, where she promptly gets dumped in a very high school summer camp way.
1: I, I just think that we're just... Really different, you know. Um, that you're like really dramatic and like weird. I don't know. I, I think maybe we should take a break. No, no, but, but what, what? But I love you.
2: And, and thanks for that. I mean it.
1: Come on, Josh.
2: Or uh, right, bye, Rebecca. I'll, I'll no,
1: see you around. No, but no.
3: No, I'm not dramatic. I'm not. I'm not dramatic. Oh, my God. Shut up, you stupid bitch.
2: (laughs) We flash to present day to an obviously depressed Rebecca listening to an overwhelming voicemail from her mother, the amazing Tova Felcha, bringing us up to speed on where she is now, an unhappy but successful lawyer in New York. At work, Rebecca learns that she's about to be promoted to partner and proceeds to freak out. She runs outside to take an alarming amount of anti anxiety pills and assures herself this is what happy feels like.
4: What a weird ad campaign!
1: EMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award winning original content, international exclusives, and hard to find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library pop culture investigations like the cult of JT Leroy, the Pussy Riot doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now!
2: Her prayers for help are answered by the appearance of Josh Chan, who just happens to be walking by. Rebecca waves him down and reunites with Josh for the first time since the opening scene. Ooh. Rebecca pretty successfully plays a cool and learns that Josh is moving from New York back to California, West Covina to be precise. Josh flirts with her a little and is a ray of light to Rebecca in her state of mind. Actually, I'm moving.
0: Oh, moving.
2: Yeah, I had been trying to make it work here in the Big Apple and one day I realized... I get stuck in a rat race. I mean, it's the point, right? And it's so awesome back home. It's so chill, it's relaxed. Out there, everyone is, you know, like, I don't know. It's it's like they're happy, happy, happy. Happy. Where are you from again? West Covina, California, 91791. And with that, Rebecca is changed. She pretty quickly quits her job and moves to the Technicolor of, to her, Oz esque, Wescovina, with the help of the show's first official song. This song is so great. The juxtaposition between Rebecca's manic hopefulness against the meteor ocherness of Wescovina as a town, two hours from the beach, foreign traffic, are really funny and show a real affection for the town and for what Rebecca's going through.
1: Good morning, sir.
0: See the sparkle off the concrete ground Hear the whoosh of the bustling town What a feeling of love in my gut I'm falling faster than the middle school's music program was cut People dine at Shea Applebee
3: And the sky seems to smile at me It's all new, but I have no fear And also by coincidence, Josh
2: Just happens to be here Rebecca cheerfully dumps her antidepressants down the drain in her new apartment, and her mother leaves another voicemail distressed by her move and letting the audience in on a college suicide attempt. Rebecca sends an easy breezy text to Josh, and we watch her fret as she doesn't receive a response. We then move to the Whitefeather and Associates Law Firm where Rebecca will work. There, we meet Daryl Whitefeather, her boss, and one Chippewa, and Paula, the firm's senior paralegal and my spirit animal, who is immediately suspicious of why this Ivy-educated New York lawyer has shown up in her office. The writing of Daryl and Paula in these opening scenes are so economical and funny. We know exactly who they are very quickly, and Daryl is endearing even with some poorly thought-out comments about his divorce and Jew lawyers. Thanks to a Facebook check-in by Josh, Rebecca finds her way to the bar home base. Rebecca just missed Josh, and we get another great introduction to a character, Paula's favorite porn category, Greg. From the beginning, Rebecca and Greg have great chemistry. His self-aware wryness and her disinterest create a unique and fun dynamic. Greg invites Rebecca to a party the next night where Josh will supposedly be.
1: Do you want to go?
3: Yeah, is there like a paperless post that I should reply to? Why
2: don't
1: we why don't we just go together?
3: Great, yeah. Okay, so
4: um so you'll come to me in a
1: car. Yes, like
0: a date, because you're pretty and you're smart and you're ignoring me, so you're obviously my
2: type. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Perfect. Some more business with Paula being awesomely suspicious of Rebecca and Rebecca being seemingly effortlessly competent at her job. And we're into the sexy getting ready song, a song I know I personally play in my head and sometimes in real life when I'm getting ready for a fancy nighttime activity. The disconnect between the lyrics and tone of the song and with the disturbing visuals of what a woman goes through to get ready is a really funny feminist commentary.
3: A first time Everything's shining smooth, oh yeah, cause I want my buff oh. to be so soft for you, I I'm gonna make this night,
0: nice oh. one you'll never forget, <laughs> cause boy I know you like, an hourglass in the
1: oh. let's see how the guys get ready. <laughs>
2: Greg picks up a smoking hot, but refreshingly not TV skinny Rebecca for the party. Rebecca, of course, can't help herself in constantly talking about Josh and Greg notices. Rebecca solves the issue of Greg's suspicion by half-heartedly but insistently making out with him all over the party, bringing him into a bedroom to look for Josh. Greg is reasonably weirded out by all of this, but Rebecca is insistent until she learns that Josh is both not coming to the party and moved back from New York to be with his girlfriend, and she starts to break down. Rebecca and Greg's joint humiliation complete, Greg goes to take her home. But Paula shows up having used her internet stalking skills to find out where Rebecca is going to be. Paula confronts Rebecca about her lies and her obvious Josh obsession. And in any other show, the two would become enemies. But it takes a turn. Rebecca starts to melt down and berate herself. And Paula reacts with unexpected support and love. Stop it! Don't you talk about my friend like that ever again. Do you hear me? We're friends. I would be proud to be your friend. I love this unexpected moment. This is not a show that's going to pit strong women against each other, minus some Valencia business that is eventually turned around, but put them together for an awesome, if codependent, power friendship. Paul is on Team Rebecca, and in this moment, there's nothing the two can't do together. And then Rebecca receives a text back from Josh with an invitation to dinner, and Rebecca and Paul reprise a West Covina in a beautiful harmony. See
0: the blood rushing to my cheeks Hear the sigh when
3: I try to speak All our cares will
2: disappear West Covina next point to this Harry magical town. it's time to Roberts kick it into Richard high gear yes also, also by coincidence me. so random just by chance who'd have thought it's so remarkable and weird right it's so crazy that,
0: that this guy josh just happens
2: to be. You want to go drive by his house? You know where he lives? That song gives me the chills every <laughs> time. This episode is a deft, fun, and heartwarming first episode of a show that only built off from there. There are a few other shows I think that get to the heart of anxiety and depression and the struggles that a lot of people face every day. And this show bravely is not afraid to go there. I urge you to add it to the canon as the first of what I'm sure will be more canonical episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Thanks.
3: Uh, Lindsay picked this off our list. So, Lindsay, why don't you go first? What did you what do you think of this presentation?
4: I mean, I guess I was biased when I picked it. So I was going to I'm definitely going to agree. I mean, (laughs) is it like is it worthy? Yeah, it's like an amazing show. I like that she picked the. The pilot, because I feel like a pilot for this type of show is really difficult because it broke every rule when it first started and and kind of came off unlikable from the start in terms of like if you said to me, oh, it's a show about like you know, like a, like a sad single girl, but it's also a musical. I'd be like, no, sorry, not for me. Like not, (laughs) not my type. Nope. Sorry. You know, but it's one of those things where if the songs were slightly bad, it would be a terrible show. And she is like beyond all odds, makes it fantastic. And it's still a really good show, which is like also shocking to me is that they're able to pull this out every week and every season. So
3: I, I'm down. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Thank you, Lauren, for this presentation. So good. Uh, I I was um, amazed watching it again for the for the purpose of the podcast. As you say it, as how at how assured it is, and how much it seeds future episodes right from the start. I mean, it just it knows what it is so much, and um, the evolution of the Paula Rebecca relationship, even just over the course of this hour of TV, is handled so well i love the two of them their friendship is wonderful and i agree with her that that the the harmony at the end of the the west covina reprise is just beautiful they both are such good singers like the music is clearly key and sexy getting ready song obviously is an all-timer um the 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 coda at the end of the rapper whoever he is (laughs) uh <laughs> call it, leaving voicemail apologies for all the women he's mistreated who have danced in his videos is very funny um and uh putting the dancers in spanks and putting like mustache bleach on them and stuff is just it's it's all really really funny. And, and then smart. they have to and- stop
1: the song and help her with her specs. Yes. Like, that's, that's so good.
3: Yeah. Um and I miss Greg. I really miss Greg a lot. This this episode reminded me just how much I really do miss him. So um yeah I I previously had tried to make a, a pitch for um season one episode four uh, a couple of months ago that was not successful. But I I hope this one does get through because it's uh it's a it's an amazingly good pilot for a a show that could go wrong as Lindsay says in like 500 different ways mm-hmm. and it somehow doesn't. And, yeah. uh, it's amazing.
0: I mean, the title was trying to warn you off, right? I mean, that title is yeah, poison, yeah. right? Yeah.
4: Just everything about it. I feel like it could have gone through one round of, of edits from someone from some studio, yep. from some producer, and it mm-hmm. could have been ruined completely. Mm-hmm. But somehow, like even though it was her first show, she like, she knew what it had to be and it had to be a certain amount of funny to avoid people saying oh this is insane not for me so i just i like applaud her on every mm-hmm. level agree sarah uh
1: yeah it really is a difficult balance um not just because it's a musical which would usually be Bunsy kryptonite um although i think i did vote for you did submission. you were the only one i know what <laughs> blue is green um but i also like the balance of this character which is established immediately like so often on tv and in the movies you have a you have a character who like if she had if she has some uh struggles with mental illness it's it immediately goes to this like drew barrymore and mad love place (laughs) or she's like single and daffy but it's always like one and a half notes and this is like Like her first conversation with Josh, like you can see that she's a little awkward and sort of struggling to integrate everything that's happening in her life. But it's not taken to this degree. It's not taken to this level. That's like unrealistic to just being an awkward person who can also be extremely competent in her job in certain areas of her life. Like that, those things can exist and that they can um, put that forward in in this pilot. That it's like, okay, well, there's a meltdown happening. But she's still about to make partner like that. These two things are can go together. Also, mm-hmm. she's a great singer. Um, and it's not TV thin, which I also appreciate. This is an extremely confident pilot, but isn't annoying about it. Paula's the shit. The songs are the shit. They get stuck in my head. Um, the fact that she says the words be emoticon Obviously, <laughs> D- D- be whistle for Sarah. Um, yeah, this was really, this was really delightful. But I think my favorite, y- you know, my favorite part of it is that they have this dimensioned person who, you know, is not perfect, but her imperfections are not cartoonish. And one of these days, I'm going to get around to catching up on this show. And as always, I'm excited to do that when we get a canon submission because it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Here I am starting with this show and uh, I'm excited to watch more, which is a hallmark of a successful canon entry. And Lauren, thank you very much for the submission. Dave. It
0: was interesting to watch this pilot to see like some of the changes that grew <clears throat> out of the rest of the season. When when we hit the West Covina song, it kind of hits Ally McBeal territory with their little embellishments to the scene, the his little singing baby, the accidente guy. They dial back, moving forward, and I think that was the right call. It's a little, little goofy. This is very strong. I don't think they—not to say that they peaked, but they just never really topped "Sexy Getting Ready" song. I think on this show, I think that they started out of the gate super strong with that.
3: Oh, mm. really? It's a great song, but I think there've been a lot of great songs on the, on the show.
0: Well, I, I didn't say they were terrible. I just think this is probably no, no, the I best know. one. And and Fair. you know, when you when you have a pilot, you know, you've had the. Your whole life to do that first thing you know it's like your 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 band's first album
1: oh yeah or like season one of veronica mars that it's like he'd been spit shining this for years yeah. and then mm-hmm.
3: it's like the business time and the in the pilot of flight of the concords it's another one where it's mm-hmm. like a, a, a series defining song
0: this the paula dynamic between her and paula is amazing it's one of tv's great uh, kind of friendships to see that kind of grow. Although I, I will say they flip-flopped so many times in the last season with Paula getting fed up with, you know, her shit and her lies that I felt like maybe they could have done one, one less of those. A couple other things that felt a little out of place. The whole Jew lawyer thing from White Feather seemed like that, It now looking back out of character, like he's such yeah, a lovable that's guy. Not a,
3: that's not the kind of humor that lasted on this show, I would say.
0: Yeah. Um, that <laughs> seemed like that was a pilot note. Moving forward, let's not do that. Um, So that did take me out a little bit. But, you know, the strength of this pilot is, as Lindsay said, that all these impossible elements came together and created something uh, really fun and unique in a situation where it could have been a car wreck in an instant. They tweaked the formula moving forward a little bit and grew the characters as the series goes along. But they came out of the gate really strong and really confident and the Sexy Getting Ready song, I think, is emblematic of everything that is right when they uh, started this series and, uh, you know, succeeding you know against impossible odds. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. So shall we put this to a vote? Sure. Indeed. All right. Lindsay Weber, officially, what say you?
4: Sure. Yes. Is that what, how you vote? Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. Tara Ariana. I vote yay as well. Sarah D. Bunting. It's a yes from me. And Thanks, Lauren. I will say yes as well. Thank you very much. means crazy ex-girlfriend season one episode one josh just happens to live here you are hereby inducted into the extra a great cannon americans love a winner yeah and will not tolerate a loser no nope. it is time for winner and loser of the week who has her winner
3: me it's gina rodriguez in addition to um Getting uh, cast in a Netflix movie called Someone Great from Jennifer Caton Robinson, who previously created Sweet Vicious for MTV. Gina Rodriguez has also been reportedly cast as the first female love interest for Rosa on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Woo! Can't wait to see that. Uh, I love the two of them separately. I think the two of them together will be super funny. And great. And um I love that show and can't wait for it to come back. Uh hooray for Gina Rodriguez of Jane the Virgin. She deserves
1: all of her success and more. And Loser of the Week? Uh that's from me and my losers are former ratings juggernauts, including the Oscars, which uh met or matched last year's low for whatever reason. I think people sort of like watch like para watch on Twitter. If they don't care, instead of watching, watching if they don't care, for whatever reason, low ratings for that. And The Walking Dead post has posted its crappiest numbers since season one. In its recent return to the airwaves. Not Oof.
0: great. Mm. Bobs. Speaking of not great, you know what time it is? <laughs> great. great time? It's game time. <laughs> everybody this is the fifth game time of the season very exciting season value guests have won all the games so far it is four Uh-oh. to zero to zero and Lindsay,
3: unprecedented no pressure Lindsay. no pressure oh, Lindsay. No. but
0: a win today would win the season what not <laughs> okay. only the first valued guest victory in extra hot great history but also could be a sweep yep. totally humiliating tara and sarah
1: Sound. No problem no um, Sarah's used to that, but good luck to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> today we are playing Sound Foundations from yours truly with the considerable help Uh-oh. from the good game minded people of at EHG Assist. In solid foundations, I will read you the hint, and the answer is a sound you have to make.
1: Oh, no. what? oh.
0: <laughs> there are only twenty-one questions today. Okay. And in the event oh, of a tie, this is very important. In the event of a tie, the winner will be decided by the quality, the passion, and the je ne sais quoi they put into their previous answers.
3: Oh no. The charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent of our <laughs> previous uh, performances. Uh-huh.
0: Got it. Uh, Tarek, can you please explain the steel meal situation and for Lindsay what those are?
3: yes of course okay so Lindsay, the valued guests have previously uh actually they have none so that doesn't apply to you but um sarah has two steel meals i have three so if um either of us can jump in after someone else misses a question and steal the points or try to yes
0: there is one score break in the middle of the game and the person who is in last place at that time will have a chance that we some bonus points So uh, keep that in mind. Let's throw it to Picky to see who is going to go first. We will start with Tara. All right. So our order today is going to be Tara, Sarah, then Lindsay. Are we ready to play Sound Foundations? Yes, sir. All right. I guess. (laughs) Tara. Good luck, everybody. So no one told you life was going to be this way.
3: Oh, uh, Hey. Correct. For one one point? One point. Okay.
0: Sarah D. Bunting. <laughs> Michael, after that turbo jump, I'm just going to listen to the sound of myself idly thinking.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to make this sound, but uh, <laughs> uh Woo woo Sorry. One more please. I don't know. What? One more time. One please. more.
0: <laughs> I hate it. <laughs>
1: <gasps> woo, woo.
0: Correct. That is Kit from Knight Rider.
1: Thank you for not buzzing. Oh, no. All right,
0: Lindsay. You don't know the value of household goods, and you just lost the shell game.
4: Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to be good at you this game.
0: Just, You don't know the value of household goods, and you just lost um, Plinko.
4: Oh, God. Uh, I don't... I know the price is right, but I don't know the sound. This is not going to be a good game for me.
1: I have a terrible
3: memory. <laughs> this is... I don't know. Steal meal? Meal. Oh, oh, me? Steal me. Sarah got it first. Sarah, Sarah beat me. Go ahead, Sarah.
1: Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Correct. Tara. Yeah. How many points Five, do I get uh, for that?
0: One. one point. Just one?
1: One All point. Right.
0: 590 West 16th Street, Stephen Foster High School. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, I don't know what that is. I assume it's fame, but I don't know what the sound is. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Steel meal. Oh. Yep. Chung Chung.
3: Ah! No. Oh. Tara. <laughs> That's funny. You're sick, girl. All right. You're out of steel meals, but good job.
0: Yeah. All right, <laughs> Sarah. Now it is your regular question. America first heard this sound on TV in the bunker residence.
1: First heard this sound on TV. First
0: heard this sound residence. presented on television in the bunker residence.
1: Oh, God. In the bunker residence? Yes. I Well, I'm just going to have to guess uh, yeah. that it is. <clears throat> oh, oh.
3: Steel meal. Yeah. Steel <laughs> meal. Is it? <laughs> That's toilet <laughs> flush. <laughs> <Okay>. It was. <laughs>
0: Toilet flush. All right, Lindsay, here's your second question.
4: (laughs) I have no idea what anything is. Yeah. -uh.
0: It's a shame a woman of your high rank has to walk this city naked.
4: (laughs) I honestly don't. Can you just give me the Friends ones, please? Or something (laughs) that I've seen? I don't know what
3: that is. That is ding,
0: ding, shame. Ding, ding, shame. Game of Thrones. Thrones.
3: Oh, I don't watch that. Tara Ariana. Hey. Yes, sir.
0: The teacher has something to say to the Brown family child.
3: Uh. Oh! Whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Correct. <gasps> Charlie Brown special teachers. Sarah oh, D. Bunting. I knew that. The sound of being better, stronger,
1: faster. Ah, uh, Better, stronger, faster? Uh, oh, I'm not sure this is gonna be right, but <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, also what have accepted <laughs> That
3: was a six million dollar man, Lindsay. Six oh, million dollar man, you, correct. You all right, guys Lindsay. Are like... Like,
0: here, alright, we're all sending you good vibes. Oh them dukes! I just built that seemingly useless dirt ramp.
3: What the fuck are these shows? <laughs> Lindsay
4: is a tiny baby, you guys. Uh, I know. Oh, what yeah, year no. are you watching TV in? I have no
3: idea. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that sound is. <laughs> ah, of course. That's Dixon Hazard. Dust I would have gotten, have gotten that, that wrong. <laughs> oh,
0: All these stories in and Andy Rooney tonight on... This is Tara. Tick, 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 tick. 60 minutes, correct. Sarah D. Bunting. I'm Captain Pike and I approve this message. i'm captain pike Uh, and i uh approve this message
1: uh i don't i don't know i only know Mm. the theme
3: i'm not confident about what the sound is so i will not steal deal meal that's what I thought.
0: That's when he's in that okay. black box with a red light, and all he can communicate with is beeps because he's all okay. burned up and gross.
3: That's from Star Trek: The Original Series. All right,
0: Lindsay, oh, this is uh, your question, and after this, we'll go into a score break. You're right. a young ensign, a go-getter, and you're really opening doors in Starfleet.
4: I is this Star Trek related?
0: Yes, I mean yes. Maybe. There's
4: I don't know this at all.
0: Opening no. doors in Starfleet.
4: Is it uh, uh, the noise? I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That is.
4: (sighs) (sighs) That door's opening and
0: closing. All right, let's hear the scores, please. Tara Ariana.
3: Very suspenseful game. Sarah and I are tied with four points each. Lindsay is looking to get on the board.
0: All right, Lindsay, here is your chance. You're going into. The Grossworth Equalizer Challenge Zone. Here's how it works. Boy, if you thought these questions were old and difficult, just (laughs) you wait. All right, Lindsay, this is how it works. I am holding in my hand a card from the mid-90s Trivial Pursuit TV set. I'm going to read you all six questions. If you can get half of them right, you get double points. So you'll get two points. Okay. I'll let you know the category. I'll read you the questions. Answer if you can. Here we go. Good luck. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Classics. So, it's going to be old shows, even older than the 90s. What was the first network to offer coast to coast programming in 1951? What network? You had a Uh, decent odds here. NBC. NBC, you are correct.
2: Hey!
0: All right. (laughs) The category is sitcoms. Mm. What six kids. Was housekeeper Alice Nelson obliged to clean up after?
4: Okay, Brady Bunch. That one I do know. <laughs> Woo!
0: All right, one more out of these last four questions, and you get two points. Next wow. category is drama. <laughs> what David Jansen character was the only private eye to go assignment to go to assignments on a bus? Um. Yeah, David Jansen yeah, I, I never heard of this so yeah. I don't know a David Jansen character yeah, that's Harry O Harry O oh
1: of course yeah, sure. okay. what
0: kids the kids classic games is your next category okay what 1957 Roger Moore series was based on Sir Walter Scott
3: characters what the hell yeah <laughs> that sounds really fun for kids by yeah. the way you know what kids love uh, Roger Moore
0: you know what kids love? I to assume you don't know this because nobody would. I don't know. You know what kids love? Ivanhoe.
1: What? Oh, for Jesus God's sake. <laughs> sake.
0: All right. You got two left. Two left, Lindsay. Here we go. Okay. What highway okay. patrol star explained his success as the guys with the ugly mugs are working? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you really started off strong. And then these questions got real terrible.
4: I wish this was also the Brady Bunch, but I have a feeling it's not. <laughs> <What is this?
0: laughs> This is Mm. Broderick Crawford. Do you remember him? (laughs) No. All right.
3: In all seriousness, you have a really good
0: chance of getting this last question. This is the wild card category. And here it is. What word begins all these series titles ending in squad, story, surgeon, and woman? What's the word before all those that start all those titles? Something squad, something story. Wonder? something surgeon and something well, bionic woman not
4: surgeon bionic oh. no uh
0: oh you need your final uh, answer something uh. squad something story something surgeon something woman
4: i don't know i have no oh, idea
0: take a guess oh, it's no, generic
3: uh, i uh super
0: <laughs> oh. um, that police. was police police squad oh, police obviously. story police woman Mm-hmm. Almost got there, but not quite. All right, back to the this game. This is
4: why our games have multiple choice, gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> so happy about that.
0: <laughs> We're cruel, cruel mistresses here on Extra truly, Hot Great Game Time. Truly. Tara Ariano. Phyllis Diller thinks you're not talented.
3: That was a guess.
0: Gong. Oh, sure. Sarah D. Bunting. Another Mary Tyler Moore produced piece of television is now over.
3: Meow. (laughs) That was adorable.
0: (laughs) Lindsay. Hector Salamanca's last four words. Hector Salamanca's last four words. I'm going to give you a clue, okay? Yeah. That's your clue.
4: (laughs) That's my clue? Yes. Is this Hector from Salamanca's show?
0: last four words?
4: I don't. um I I don't even know who that is. Is that, this from? um No, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not mm, thinking.
0: Anybody?
3: Steelmeal. Yeah, steelmeal. Ding, 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 ding.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's
3: literally it. <laughs> yeah. <Cool>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the guy from Breaking Bad. It can only communicate. First. That's what I
4: thought. Yeah, well. Okay.
0: Yeah. All yeah. right, Tary Ariano. Yeah. The name's Prep Course. Doug Prep Course. (laughs) Correct. That's the coffee slurp from Clone High. Number 17. (laughs) Sprite Eagle. Eagle. Or Sarah D. Bunting. The world is exactly one hour closer to being destroyed by terrorists.
2: (gasps) (laughs) Boop. Beep. Boop. (laughs) Beep.
3: That was gorgeous. Correct. All right, Lindsay showing true
0: leadership you're in the middle of saving the royal princess by completing the demands of the swine who kidnapped her
4: is this a, um I I don't, I don't know that I don't uh is this from a show yes. <laughs> is this a TV show thing it's from a, are you sure or yep,
0: if you um, if if you have seen this sh- this show, this episode, you will have remembered it.
4: Um. Then let's just
1: say I have mm. not. Probably. I don't think I know that either. All right. Steel meal.
0: Uh, do you have some left? Yeah. I have. This is my last one. All right, steel meal. Uh, let me read that question again. Showing true leadership, you're in the middle of saving the royal princess by completing the demands of the swine who kidnapped her. Is it? correct yeah that is the prime minister Hopefully. of the uk fucking a pig okay. to save oh,
3: on black the royal okay. princess
0: on <laughs> black mirror all right now everyone is out funny. of steel meals everybody's <laughs> last question coming up this is question <laughs> sorry are you exhausted yes <laughs> we make this noise between doing things by your command
3: oh i don't know I
0: don't know. It's very similar to Knight Rider's sound. And that is... Okay. that Cylons from Battlestar Galactica.
3: Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: the same sound effects sped up or slowed down or something like that. Um, <laughs> okay. Sarah D. Bunting. When you are all together ooky, you let your fingers do the talking. Oh... Yeah. <laughs> snap snap That's correct fine. the adams family all right last question of the game Lindsay. Oh, i'm gonna no. give you i'm gonna give you five points if you get this right <laughs> oh misfortune you are bankrupt
4: oh it's like is it
0: the <laughs> come on make the noise
4: i don't is this from jeopardy or from uh wheel
0: of fortune oh misfortune you are bankrupt
4: oh, <laughs> oh um I don't know. The, what's the sound? It's like, uh, I, I don't know the sound. Can I, I give guess a guess? Like
0: you, just you just lost all your money.
4: I don't care. You don't like,
0: care.
4: <laughs> 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 I don't know. I
0: know not
4: know
0: these. Ooh, it's a slide <laughs> whistle and a guy going, oh, at the same time. So,
1: oh, no, really?
0: really? <laughs> oh, all right. Scores, good. please. Tara. Oh, Ariana. God.
3: Fucking hell, we're tied seven each.
0: All right, good so on. let me go back and review the answers that you guys gave. This is Atara, Sarah, k- tie, clap, 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 clap. Was okay. The wub was pretty great. I enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, that was good. Uh, I did it Sarah. twice
0: too. Sarah got the chung <laughs> chung. We got the wah wah. That was pretty good. <laughs> Sarah struggled through it. Gong meow was great. Yeah, you know what, Sarah did. Um, for sure, got this one. No question. Yeah, no question. So that
3: means <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, good job. <laughs> it's
1: been a while. It's been like two seasons. Hey, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, guys. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We kept the oven on at 250 for Master Chef Junior before going around the dial with stops at Atlanta drunk history vanderpump rules and nightman lauren wasn't crazy for nominating the crazy ex-girlfriend pilot for the canon we crowned winners and losers of the week and sarah making them noises was the winner (laughs) of this week's game time remember
2: we're listening
0: (laughs) i am david t cole and on behalf of tari ariano
3: Julia Roberts and Richard Gere,
0: Sarah D.
3: Vunting, boop, beep, boop, <laughs> beep,
0: and Lindsay Weber.
4: Sorry, I got every <laughs> single question
0: wrong on the quiz. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on Extra. Not great. <laughs>
1: Oh my dick with that tight little dress then turn that ass around like you're trying to impress in. god what this is how you get ready this is some this is horrifying like a scary movie <laughs> or something like some nasty
2: ass <laughs> patriarchal bullshit you know what i gotta go apologize to some bitches i'm forever changed after what i just seen This has been a production of the previous 3.TV Podcast Network.